1: Welcome, everyone, to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode of Poised for Exit, we are going to speak with a guest who's been with us before to talk about their banking partnerships for small business owners. But before we do, let's hear from our show sponsors, Village Bank and Sunbelt Business Advisors. Are you looking for a bank that supports entrepreneurs? If you're searching for a bank to grow with you and your business, Village Bank would like to welcome you to their village. Village Bank is an entrepreneur's bank built by an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs. Village is ready to help businesses grow and make a community strong. If you want a bank that understands what it takes to build something special and puts relationships first, connect with Village. Follow Village Bank on Facebook and LinkedIn or visit www.villagebankonline.bank. Again, that's villagebankonline.bank. It takes a village to accomplish business goals.
0: You wouldn't go deep-sea fishing without a guide, or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at SunbeltMinnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free, confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit SunbeltMinnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880. SunbeltMinnesota.com. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, we are here today with Alicia Webb, president of Village Bank. Alicia, welcome back to Poised for Exits. Oh, thank you, Julie. It's so great to,
2: to talk to you again.
1: Absolutely. I'm sure there's been some really interesting things that have happened over the last several months at Village Bank. I'm excited to, to have you join us again and to catch up with you. And um, so let's just get started right away. Um, oh, But first, I understand um, prior to the show, we were talking about this, that you were at the Kentucky Derby.
2: Yes, we did. Wow. Yeah, went down to the Kentucky Derby. It's a, kind of an ironic story of being president in these conservative times, unknown times, you know, going to bet on horses, right? Um, <laughs> but it was it was a great time to get away. What a beautiful event with so much history mm-hmm. and you know, the outcome, especially of the derby race itself. I mean, mm-hmm. who would have thought the flyer, right, the underdog?
1: Yeah, I know. I love that. <laughs> ah, that's it, so great. It does.
2: And it aligns mm-hmm. perfectly, really, with Village Bank as the entrepreneurs bank, right? It's about giving people chances and and rooting for that that person that wants to take an opportunity and run with it. Absolutely. And, uh, so yeah, it was a great race, and it's always it, it was uh, fun to see to see a horse that no one thought was going to be successful be successful. And mm-hmm. um, I did not put my money on number twenty one. I did put my money on some beautiful hats. Mm. They did come out a winner there, Julie.
1: Well, I can't wait to see pictures of those hats. Maybe you'll borrow one to me sometime. (laughs) Absolutely, whatever you need. Our family has this um, horse racing game that we play, especially right around racing time. And um, so we just pretend that we're at the Derby and we dress up and we have mint juleps and we, we do our own little horse race
2: <laughs> together. Oh, it's I super fun. That. Yeah. Yeah. You know, awesome. gotta, have, gotta have a fun time to have fun, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, and speaking of family, I know that village bank is, is a family business. We've talked about mm-hmm. that before for our listeners who weren't aware of that, a community bank for entrepreneurs built by a family of entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. your most recent um, hashtag is very interesting. And I'd like to have you talk about that for a little bit. Um, it's hashtag wyt. Where's your there, mm-hmm. and 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 we will get you there. So let's talk about there, and let's talk about how did you come up with that? You must have had, you must have had customers say, "I need to get there. I'm not sure how to get there." And was this your answer to that?
2: Yeah, you know, I think during the last couple years with the pandemic, Mm -hmm. and we talked, you know, we talked ad nauseum about PPP loans and Mm -hmm. all the great 7a um, SBU programs that have been out there for entrepreneurs and to really lift Main Street during this this kind of unknown time of what's next, what's next. um, Mm -hmm. That when we in during that time where you were going was was unclear but clear because everyone was kind of in the same bucket and now we're seeing where folks are saying well I actually want to keep investing in technology because I have this great platform for, um, you know, services or my widgets or ordering or setting a schedule, whatever that might be. I've got others mm-hmm. who are saying, "Hey, I'm going to keep investing in real estate because I'm seeing this opportunity of some of folks going back to the office or new businesses starting that need this storefront or this platform." And so I think we've seen what's your there. The there is really. Different for different entrepreneurs, and where yes. they're in their stage of the game. Are they starting out? Are they acquiring? Are they merging? Are they selling? Are they growing? And what does that look like? And so, what's you're there can mean where we really we you know maybe we brought you on during the pandemic because we did a PPP loan, or you found us because we're the Entrepreneurs Bank, and we did a great SBA loan for you what's next like how can we get you to your there and how can we be partner with you to get there
1: so um speaking from a mergers and acquisition standpoint when we talk about there, getting there okay Mm -hmm. what are you guys seeing at village bank like what have you seen come across the desks of your lenders over the last maybe let's just say the last 60 to 90 days how is that different than the last time we talked
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think now, well, let me see. I, we're seeing a lot of the same, a lot of acquisitions, not at the same um, level, but we're not seeing as many acquisitions. Acquisitions are still happening. There's so much liquidity in the market still, but yeah. we're not seeing as many okay. um, and the acquisitions that we are seeing not as much blue sky and when i talk about blue sky i mean sure there is um that there's some type of collateral or cash flow that is supporting the sure. purchase of that business um, we're not seeing as much um, of that blue sky because quite frankly you know the SBA went from where they were guaranteeing 90% of those loans and paying all the fees for that entrepreneur and the bank today they're not doing that and so you're seeing um, entrepreneurs that are taking advantage of the SBA programs mm-hmm. tighten it up a little bit maybe not pay as much we're seeing a lot of carry-back selling so uh, if you're selling your business the seller's actually carrying some of that finance uh, mm-hmm. financing the bank's not carrying it all or the SBA programs not carrying it all and mm-hmm. what that does is it keeps that seller in the game with a little skin in the game right. or how will the business do going forward because i mm-hmm. think there's a there's a uh the, you know the con- people are there's balance sheets are inflated. They are. I mean, there's a lot of cash in the market right now. So how can we yeah. make sure that what we've seen for maybe the last two years is how the business looks going forward? Um, you're going to see the same revenue. You know, you're going to see the same margins. That yeah. That's going to be important.
1: Yeah. The, the seller carrybacks, especially in a smaller business, are uh, kind of commonplace anyway. I When I'm working with a smaller business, which I don't work with as many as I used to, um, but but when they are in a position where they're going to be selling either internally or externally, I, I always you know prepare them ahead of time that you probably are going to have to carry some paper, and depending on how the deal is structured, you know it might take a while for you to to get your payout. So sometimes that's a good thing. It depends on how it's structured, right? Well, I so,
2: think it, it really can be, and it's not. It's yeah. not always, oh, I need all my money up front. But I think that there's something to be said. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur and you started this business or you grew, grew this business and mm-hmm. you're, you're finally at in a place where mentally, emotionally you've wrapped your head around selling it, um, there's still this opportunity to help the business continue to be successful because I know from my ex- own experience, they, you know, identities are wrapped up in these companies. And so yeah. help that be successful you know help that team that got actually there help them get there now too there's also from a uh a, a, a um, state planning strategy too sometimes it makes sense to not get all that cash up front obviously i you know have folks talk to an accountant about that but there are there are some strategies that will actually it's a win-win for both parties
1: absolutely and you've said to your clients that growing your business means that a bank needs to understand where your business sits financially at all times. And, and and in a perfect world, that's what we would really want, right, especially on mm-hmm. your end. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't always know. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, the, <laughs> sometimes the business owner will will withhold information as long as they can. Um, sometimes they just forget, you know. Sometimes they don't have that strong relationship with their banker that they should have. So So speak to how you guys approach that.
2: Oh, absolutely. So I I would say, gosh, I just heard so many red flags when you were talking, you know, it's where you have to let your banker know where you're at. You have to let your banker know what those big concerns might be, whether it's staffing, um, whether it's a, a big a big customer of yours that you're con- you're mm-hmm. concerned about their how their yeah. balance sheet is and you're concerned about, or, you know, competition's kind of moving in on them. There's so many concerns, and I think that if you're hesitating or withholding information, I mean, I'll be honest, probably don't have the right banker, because you should have a relationship with your accountant, your banker. Julie, if they're working with you, you should have that relationship that you can tell them anything or you can ask them anything. Is there anything yes. I'm not thinking about? What are you seeing when you're working with other businesses that I'm not talking mm-hmm. to you about? Even And not teams. be afraid
1: of you, right? Not be afraid yeah. to pick up the phone and, and make that person your partner. Yes.
2: You know, it's interesting because I had a client that um, I, it was, it was difficult for me to connect with him. Uh, very conservative, very, I mean, very successful, very smart, but he's very conservative. He had never had a female banker before, and um, we just, we, it was. I was just having a difficulty connecting with him, and I think I was trying to do too much of that, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies with them. And when I finally got, I finally got down to it, and I really studied his financials. So when I went out at the last closing and went out with his banker, and just thanked them for their business. I asked him a couple questions about you know what keeps you up at night and have you thought about how this risk in the market might affect you know this line of business we had a couple conversations and i mean i literally saw him his like the light bulb go off and all of a sudden we're having this really strategic conversation around risk around the risk in his business as rates went up, et cetera. And again, this is a very healthy uh, third generation business. But he was looking for someone to poke at his income statement and balance sheet and say, you know, are you you thinking what I'm thinking here? Because these are the risks. And I want someone that knows and understands that. And it was just, it was very eye-opening for me because Mm. good conversations and positive conversation, yes, yes, and yes, that builds a relationship. Julie, so do those so do those tougher conversations where you know someone that has everything on the line in his business in his family in the business, he wants to know you're thinking about that too, and that mm-hmm. you're watching out for risk for him too.
1: Exactly. So that need, leads me to um, my next question. Um, prior to the show, we were talking about uh, a distinction called the five financial stages of business. Mm-hmm. So, Let's unpack that for our audience. And, and a question I have is, is this a model that most business bankers follow? Um, I know I've read about it before. We did talk about it. But maybe we talk about what those stages are and then how you approach them with your customers.
2: Absolutely. You know what's interesting about these five financial stages is there are these five Really bullet points: startup phase, growth phase, acquisition or expansion phase, that Mm -hmm. maturity phase, and then that succession phase, right? Like what's next? Mm -hmm. What's really great and unique about these five is they can, you can go up and down the ladder, right? You can be at that acquisition phase. But as you acquire a new business line or another business, it can feel like that startup phase all over again. And you take concepts from other phases in order to really be successful as you run through these. So Mm -hmm. we just like to call them the five financial stages of business. And Mm -hmm. so it helps, um, sometimes it helps our entrepreneurs get in that right mindset to really focus on, this is where I'm at. Okay, am I kind of, am I checking the boxes here? Am I making sure I'm thinking about everything I need to do? And then how do I get to that next stage? Do I want to get to that next stage, right? Rather Mm -hmm. than succession phase, maybe I want to go back and I want to, I want to acquire another business again. Maybe I want to grow more, but it gives us kind of a journey map. so, So we're all on the same page.
1: Well, and uh, I, I just remember from many, many years ago when I was in business school <laughs> mm-hmm. it's been a while um, but but you know it's it's that curve right it kind of looks like um, a ski slope, so you're starting out, you have growth, you have expansion, and then you have maturity at the top, and then they show a slope going down with you know, that they deemed decline. And before you ever get to the point of being in decline, you want to be just like you said, you want to be on that next peak, you know, going and growing and expanding. And so that it, it's always on, you know, not necessarily a, a spike trajectory, but you definitely don't want to flatline because we're just not, businesses aren't meant to flatline, right? We're, we're like trees. Mm-hmm. We're, we're meant to grow.
2: <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's, you know, think of that startup phase, you're 100% right if you're just skipping on to mature or acquire and that startup phase is so important to really get that platform so you can grow and you can be a mature business one day. So, I mean, think of like the really basic things that like. As, you know, I'm an entrepreneur too. I always want to look at what's next, but it's making sure that you're setting up the something as simple as the checking accounts, making sure you have the right owners on those accounts, making sure that you have online access and or on your mobile phone. Do you have all the treasury management bells and whistles that you need? Or if you don't need them today, like have them in the back of your mind, let's check in in six months, let's check in in nine months, let's check in in 90 days to see if that's something we might need. Um, You know, oftentimes business owners are so excited about that next stage that they will um, pass by some of the, you know, if you're going to set up a credit card, a line of credit, where are we at with SBA? Where do we see rates going? Is today a good time to lock in? I mean, some of that, the real basic piece is getting a great accountant and sharing expectations up front. Meeting someone like you and getting a great business coach up front to say, ultimately, this is a, my plan. Help keep me on track.
1: Well, and I agree. I think, too, that um, many times business owners feel isolated, but sometimes they isolate themselves and they're not quite sure how to unisolate. And I'm not just talking about smaller ones. I'm talking about, like, the lower middle market where they actually do have good leadership in place and and they're still not delegating as much as they could, and they may not even delegate as much as they could be to their outside advisory. You know, not mm-hmm. just people like me. You know, I'm talking about when they've got... Fractional CFOs that they're working with, um, you know, they don't need to have their their hands on every little single piece that goes between the you know their controller and their CFO or their their accountant, right? That's why they hire people to to do those things. So, are you guys? Um, when I I don't i not not necessarily you obviously because you're running the show, but for your staff, the ones that are you know those partners of those business owners. Do they many times have a relationship with those financial advisors, you know, whether it's the accounting firm on the outside or the controller or the CFO on the inside? Um, mm-hmm. does the, do a lot of your clients, your customers allow that, give permission, you know, for them to call back and forth so they don't have to always be bothering the owner? hmm
2: mm-hmm. So this is what I'll tell you, and I know you will 100% agree with this. Are like the the um client i just shared with i went out and we really talked about his financial statement he -hmm. he he has one of the strongest financial Teens i've ever worked with Mm. um there's three people on that team his cfo has been with him for almost 30 years since he took over the company
0: Mm. and
2: um i mean literally they can tell you everything going on in the company and this is like he's running they're running the show they tell me where i'm making money and i'm not and they are so successful Mm -hmm. um so i will tell you all of our most successful clients have an extremely strong person on their team that has an opposite skill set or an opposite preference. And um, they're letting them run that side of the business so they can run their side of the business. But without a doubt, they always understand the financial components of the business. I've shared this example before where if I like blue and you like pink, uh, that's great. But if we're making all of our our margins are twice What they are, pink versus blue. We're selling pink all day. It doesn't matter if I like blue. (laughs) It's good for you. It just doesn't matter. Right, right. You know, I, I might be running the show, but at that point, you know, run the show the right way and buy pink and um I, I i always go back to that really simple example because you've got to understand your margins you've got to understand where you're at and so i and we see it in that startup phase where i can't i can't afford an counter. i'm just going to try to do quick folks yeah. myself while i'm hiring mm-hmm. and i'm selling and i'm promoting and i'm doing the website Job. The best money you can spend is on a great accountant, a great bookkeeper that isn't just going to do the numbers for you. And I'm using air quotes here, but they're actually gonna sit down with you and spend some time every month saying, Hey, this changed. Hey, I think you should be thinking about this. Do you know what this means? Mm-hmm. They don't have they don't have to teach you their job, but they do have to talk to you about what's going on in your business.
1: I agree a hundred percent. And I think that you know, the numbers always tell a story. And sometimes mm-hmm. um, business owners are too busy with their head down, working really hard, trying to manage their team, trying to grow, and they're not paying as much attention to the numbers side, which really uh, should drive everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, most everything, anyway. Yeah. Relationships matter, and if you don't have a relationship with that numbers person, whether you know they're W two or they're contracted out, that is, the, I would say, one of that is probably the most important piece to it to invest in as you're starting your business. I also I mean what you said about it gets you know lonely at the top and there and business owners aren't necessarily reaching out to their internal or their external teams. That's a big mistake too because the longer you wait, it gets the messier and messier it gets and you start to hear things yeah. in your head that quite frankly just aren't, aren't true. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be lonely. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be lonely. I mean, Julie, you're a perfect example Mm -hmm. of someone that if a business owner is feeling lonely and they want some real advice, they should give you a call, right?
1: Yes. Well, Mm -hmm. my clients actually do that. I have that kind of relationship with my clients, so it isn't just about when we meet. You know, we have our Mm -hmm. regularly scheduled, recurring meetings, um, but they they're open to call or email me anytime, and they do. You know, I don't want to wait till the next meeting to find out that so and so resigned. You know, we, we need to talk mm-hmm. about that now. Like, what's our strategy? What are we going to do? So That's absolutely. True. Well, so let's talk about uh, what Village Bank has got on the horizon. I'm sure you got something hot cooking. And so let's talk about that for just a minute before we wrap up.
2: You no, know, I think as Village Bank continues to grow and mature, as I look at those five stages, I, mm-hmm. I kind of almost go, gosh, we probably are like two of them right now. As we continue <laughs> to grow, um, it's 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 we are really focused on that entrepreneur, what's our entrepreneurs need next. So today, you know, we're starting inflation. We just had rates go up again. We're yeah. starting to look at that SBA program, knowing and understanding that there's going to be some kind of program out there again and what does mm-hmm. that look like um i do think that um our world is changing i do think yeah. we're going to hit a tougher market you've got supply chain issues you've got inflation you've got all of that now what i do want to say is it doesn't have to be a debbie downer situation because no. we're in an up market there's opportunity in down market there's opportunity. so really absolutely being able to be nimble enough as a partner to our entrepreneurs and to main street to say what do they need next so you know our sba program is hot as ever i mean we are doing sba loans we're doing a lot of um your traditional loans right now, too. We have a lot of folks that are doubling down and um, they're going out in their owner occupied investments. They're saying, I want space for my manufacturing plant, I want mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. for my machine shop, and I'm going to double down on that because rates couldn't be lower. And so we're exactly. looking at a lot of, of those loans right now. Um, mm-hmm. We're also looking at um, how can we continue to develop our cash management, treasury management products that make sense for our customers? What else do they need today and where can we help educate them? So I think that as the, the bank continues to grow, you know, we're going to be close to a half a billion here soon. Our team mm. continues to grow, which I'm so excited about. and. You know one of our values at village bank is build something special and i'm so proud of what our villagers have built today and i can't wait to see how they continue to iterate that for our entrepreneurs tomorrow
1: well and i love how you guys have you know really developed that team culture at village bank and how you you know your mantra is to just walk alongside those owners and so I'm I'm really proud to, to um, be a colleague of yours. I know that you guys work collaboratively, just like I do, um, okay. had this conversation a few weeks ago with Melissa Johnston about EntreBank and how, mm-hmm. you know, they want to collaborate. Um, and I think that, you know, to your point about things, you know, being a little bit in flux and with inflation and new programs and things like that, and the acquisition market um, is probably going to still be around with us for a while. Um, it's good for business owners out there to know that they have partners in people like you and in people like Village Bank. So, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for your wisdom once again, and and
2: thanks for being a sponsor of Poised for Exit. I appreciate that very much, Julie. We're so excited about what you do. Entrepreneurs need not just one great partner, but many great partners, so they can sit back, process, and do what's right for their families and their teams. And I just appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you again. So thank Thank
1: you, Julie. You're absolutely so welcome. For our listeners, thank you for joining us. Please review and subscribe uh, to our show at poisedforexit.com and all the major platforms. We appreciate your support so much, and we hope you can join us again next time.